If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-US wines, I find them extremely helpful and helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. And go in the air, deep right center go. field. Two run, home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two run, home run, David Dahl. Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or go online to mygreensolution.com. Pick out an order of edibles or flour or whatever you're into and use the promo code DNVR20 to get 20% off your entire order. You can use the TGS Express checkout any way you want. The Green Solution is absolutely a solution for you. Hey, let's jump into the show. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies, and on this episode, we're going to have a, a very sobering conversation. There, there are some very serious things that we need to get into today. Uh, don't worry, there will be a lot of fun podcasts coming up soon. I recently had an opportunity to chat with original Rockies broadcaster Wayne Hagen about Larry Walker. That'll be on an episode coming out here pretty soon. A lot of fun stuff that Patrick Lyons and I uh, have gotten to talk about over the last couple of days and, and some more getting ready for the offseason for the Rockies. But there are some things going on in the world of baseball I've, I've been meaning to talk to you all about for a while and actually got an email here from a longtime listener and longtime uh, question asker, Rachel, who basically sets up everything we're going to talk about on today's episode. So let me just read it. She says, Drew, what's happening to our innocent baseball world? The Pirates had their issues this season. The Astros have assistant GMs being fired for domestic violence comments. And now an umpire is threatening AK-47s if the, if the president is impeached. I always thought of baseball as the good boy sport. Excuse me if some of my facts are wrong. 
I haven't followed too closely. I'm a sad fan, but a proud Rockies fan, and rooting for Para this weekend. I think a lot of people are with you there, Rachel. In fact, in all of this, this has been a very frustrating, sad, quite frankly, ugly time to be a fan of Major League Baseball overall, the product. Right here during our signature moment, the World Series, when the whole world is paying attention to the game of baseball, one of the two teams participating is under this giant cloud of scandal. And for those of you that don't know, I'm, I'm going to back up. So we're going to talk to this. I'll talk about the umpire Robert Drake here in a little while. Uh, the Pirates, I'm not going to go over too much. That was just crazy stuff. They've got their own issues, and I'm not quite as well informed uh, on what's going on over there, but I, I think a lot of that's going to be sort of dealt with over the offseason anyway. I think that's more isolated to one team. But the Astros here, this problem is not isolated to one team. This is a problem across all of Major League Baseball, and there are a lot of elements to it. So I'm sure pretty much everyone has heard the story by now, but just to make sure we're all up to speed, uh, several days ago, after the Astros clinched to go to the World Series, one of the reporters in the clubhouse afterwards, Stephanie Epstein of Sports Illustrated, uh, ended up writing a story where she detailed an assistant GM of the Astros, who, as Rachel mentioned, has now been fired, Brandon Taubman, uh, for making inappropriate remarks directed at a, a group of female reporters over Roberto Ozuna. To back up just a little bit further, a couple of years ago, the Astros were able to get Roberto Ozuna very, very cheaply because the Toronto Blue Jays were giving up on him after a domestic violence incident and suspension. It, those of you who weren't intimately familiar with that situation can remember this same basic thing happened with the Rockies and Jose Reyes. He got in trouble for a domestic violence situation. He got suspended. And it eventually the Rockies decided the headache wasn't worth it. There were some other things that happened there. Trevor's story had emerged in the meantime. And by the time his suspension was over, the Rockies just simply cut ties with Jose Reyes in a similar fashion to the way the Blue Jays did with Ozuna. And that allowed, in the case of Reyes, for the Mets to pick him up because the Rockies were footing the bill. And this happens. This happens a lot across all sports, but it's happened a lot in baseball recently. Uh, even Araldus Chapman, who was the other pitcher in that, that final game against uh, for the Astros and the Yankees. There were prominent positions for domestic abusers, and the teams oftentimes can get punished, but the player, not so much. And what appears to have happened here is that these, uh, the group of women, particularly Ms. Abstein, who, by the way, is an extraordinary professional, were taunted because they had written and, and often argued that this wasn't right, whether it's with baseball, with the Astros, whatever it was, that it really isn't fair, or no, fair is the wrong word. It's just not right that 
being able to pick up somebody for cheap because of a domestic violence issue in their past, like domestic violence should not be seen as a market inefficiency, right? And that's how the Astros basically treated it. And here's where it gets really weird for me because they get lauded and praised and, and all the numbers people love to come out and talk about how calculated and cold-blooded the Houston Astros are, but this is the ugly side of that. They literally saw a player they could take advantage of the situation, get a good player for cheap, because all that would come with that is some negative publicity. And then they did everything they could to sidestep that negative publicity and then brought it back up to reporters a couple years later. Highly inappropriate. And it's right that they fired Tomman, but they didn't do so right away. In fact, this is not over. It's not even close to being over. At the very least, it shouldn't be. Because the initial statement released by the Houston Astros was beyond insulting. And they've since retracted that and released another statement when they fired Mr. Tobman. But their initial statement came out and basically called Ms. Abstein a liar. They challenged her credibility as a reporter and said that she had fabricated a story. And that is 100% unacceptable. Jeff Lunhow, the GM of the Houston Astros, they, they, now they have since apologized for that, but that is not enough. There needs to be a one-on-one -on -one conversation, and this needs to be part of the conversation as well. Tomman was fired for what he said about something very, very bad, but Roberto Ozuna just remains a member of the Houston Astros. And there are a lot of people out there. Addison Russell. I mentioned Chapman. There are too many of these things that just get overlooked or brushed aside. Or we act like because you've served a 50-game suspension, then you've served your time and, and nothing else needs to be said or done about it. <coughs> now, I'm not saying you know, lifetime sentences for anyone who's ever even accused of anything. That, that's not what we're talking about here. But let's also be very clear about who is of value and who can be tossed aside. An assistant GM can be fired, but only after enough pressure was applied because they didn't respond the right way the first time. But you can fire an assistant GM. They won't do it with their closer, right? And so the Astros still have some work to do here. Uh, they are not out of the woods after one apology that, quite frankly, came quite a bit too late. And after a, a lot of damage was already done, there are still people out there who believe that she fabricated the entire story. And that is, that is what we have as reporters, as journalists in this industry, to have your credibility called out by one of the teams is about as bad as it can get. And so again, a, a, a slight released statement saying, oh, hey, sorry about that. 
is not okay. Uh, I want to read a little bit of the statement from the BBWAA who came to Abstein's defense and said the Astros' initial denial of the incident reported by Sports Illustrated was an unethical and intentional fabrication designed to discredit our members and all journalists. The BBWAA is encouraged by MLB's decision to investigate this matter and will fully cooperate. We expect that appropriate disciplinary measures will be handed out and made public. Also, a public apology to the media outlets involved, particularly Stephanie Epstein, Sports Illustrated, and the BBWA, a, uh, should be forthcoming from the Astros, Jim Crane, Anita Segal, Gene Dias, and Brandon Taubman. Uh, I, and I don't think that all of those have been met, and they need to be. It is beyond inappropriate that somebody would in any way celebrate the fact that they were able to skirt a very serious issue in order to help them win more baseball games. And beyond that, what Tomman's reaction shows to me, two, two main things. One, there has to be a change in Major League Baseball's rules about how we deal with this. Because what he's basically doing is celebrating that they did something smart, right? He thinks they did a smart thing because they got a guy everybody told him they probably shouldn't get, and then he helped them win baseball games. And I, I don't know, because I wasn't there and because I don't know him, that he, in his mind, was thinking, oh, yeah, I'm celebrating domestic violence. I think in his mind, he probably thought, I'm celebrating us doing something that everyone said we shouldn't do, but it worked out for us. And he literally doesn't even think about that other part, but that is the issue. And I said on Twitter the other day, and I caught some, you know, pushback for this, but I stand by it 100%. This is a big reason why we need more women reporting on professional sports in general, and definitely Major League Baseball. There is too much of a boys club mentality of these types of things that you can just sort of get away with. And there are a lot of male reporters who might have heard it and thought, mm, that's kind of gross, or mm, I wouldn't have said that, but then just moved on with their day. Because it doesn't affect them as directly. And there are a ton of issues like that. That's just a very serious one. They're not all quite so serious. A lot of them are just on-field things. Having different perspectives is better for everyone. For you, the consumer of sports, it is better for you to have more people in there with different kind of perspectives. And having 12 straight white guys asking questions uh, and, and and being around to observe things means you're limiting your ability to get a perspective on that team. You know, the, the Rockies have done a pretty good job in this area over the years. As I, I said, I never thought they got enough credit for just getting rid of Jose Reyes and being one of the teams on the other side of it. I think there are 20 teams in baseball who, you know, at least who would be more than happy to make this bargain that the Astros did that yeah okay we're going to get some bad publicity but this guy's going to help us win baseball games and you can argue all day that you know the Rockies got lucky that Trevor Story emerged and they, they still could have used Jose Reyes especially at second base don't like don't get that twisted but yeah they didn't have to bring him back they were in a pretty safe place where they could just let him go but the Houston Astros didn't have to pick up uh, Roberto Ozuna either right? Like, they they made a decision. At one time, they chose to pay Jose Reyes 
like $30 million to play against them. And I think they, one of the things that we can all do is give the teams who've stood on principle a lot more credit for doing so and not always bring it back to, well, yeah, but it was dumb because they should have kept him because they could have won. As long as it all comes back to wins and losses. And that was the issue with Tobman's comments to begin with. And having other people around, it is not uncommon. In fact, it's probably the most common case that on any given day down at Coors Field, there are one or two women in the press box, and they're typically on the TV side. And then sometimes our, our good friend Jenna Garcia from Mile High Sports will be there, and that'll be, you know, at most, on any given day, you've got Jenny and Taylor from AT&T, and then Jenna, if she's there, that's it. And I, I don't know exactly what needs to be done about that, who needs to do it, what can be done. And, and it's not just out here. It's everywhere. But having more people around who are paying attention to this other aspect of what goes on in professional sports, it's important. It's important that these things are reported on and that there is reform. People should not be rewarded for domestic violence. And right now, Major League Baseball has a system set in place that rewards people for domestic violence. It's that simple. And that needs to be changed across the board. There need to be reforms, obviously, for the Houston Astros, but in Major League Baseball, there need to be a lot a lot more conversation about how to stop this because these are just the incidents we know about. This is the stuff people get caught saying out loud, not the stuff that's said behind closed doors or just generally understood and the wink and a nod, boys club stuff, and it's all over the place and it needs to stop. And I'm going to do everything that I can uh, to, to continue to shed light on that and to help make progress on this issue because it's very real and it needs to go away. Um, all right. <laughs> uh, on that note, I do have to inartfully segue to trying to sell you some beer. Of course, it's damn good beer. It's the very best beer. It's beer from Breckenridge Brewery. They got all kinds of good stuff over there. I have moved a little bit more into the vanilla porter season. Those Colorado cores held me for quite a bit of time, but it has been vanilla porter season. Been putting it in the chili, been drinking it with the chili. Uh, fantastic stuff as we've been getting the, the snows out here in Colorado off and on, getting colder and colder. But uh, no matter what you drink, of course, we had Avalanche the other day as I was doing the Avalanche podcast. Hopefully, y'all have come along with me on that journey a little bit having some fun learning all about the hockey. And so, of course, you got to have an avalanche as you're talking avalanche. But no matter what you drink from Breckenridge Brewery, you know you're getting yourself some damn good beer. All right, let's take a very quick break, come back on the other side of it, and talk a little bit about this umpire issue. Diamond Club Baseball has produced elite athletes for 10 years now and is even trusted by your Colorado Rockies to run their scout team program. Diamond Club is based right here in Denver and their goal is to treat player development just like it's a minor league organization so that your child can be set up for the ultimate success. 
everyone works together to make sure that everyone's getting the proper instruction that they need to help youth athletes grow and to become great ball players yet enjoy the game. That's why I have my son playing with Diamond Club because it's it's a great way to really show them they're, they're learning baseball the right way. That was Sean. As he mentioned, his son plays on a Diamond Club team. They offer multiple summer camps, private lessons, high school teams, and youth competitive teams. Plus, their prices are more affordable than their competition. Diamond Club has very fair price. You know, when you kind of pay and know that all fees for the tournaments, fields, uniforms, and instruction are taken care of, as well as getting access to some of the things that other programs don't offer, like entire team instruction and fitness programs, you know, the whole package to really make sure that a ball player ends up a well-rounded youth athlete. Believe us when we tell you that after experiencing the knowledge, positive attitude, work ethic, and fun that their summer camps provide, your child will want to play on one of their teams. Check out diamondclubbaseball.net today to learn more. As you all may or may not know, taking care of your teeth is pretty important. And that's why our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's right. You simply have to take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental to hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out today online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. Welcome back into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by the Green Solution. Going to continue on here with the controversial topics of things in the game of baseball, but also kind of around the game of baseball. Going back to the initial question email I got here from Rachel, who brought up the umpire Robert Drake, who sent out a tweet that was very shortly thereafter deleted in which he threatened to go out and buy an AK-47 and then presumably do some damage with that if President Trump is impeached. Now, I'm obviously not going to get into any political stuff here. Not going to talk about impeachment. What I am going to talk about is an umpire who's supposed to be showing calm and measured judgment as a fundamental part of his job. Now, you know, if you're a long-time listener or even a short-time listener to this podcast, you know that I can be very hard on umpires. I'm very much in favor of more technology being used to govern the rules. And while this, in many ways, is outside of the parameters of that, in many ways, it's also not. Let me first say, of course threatening people with violence is wrong. And quite frankly, I don't say stuff like this on this podcast very often. I don't like to use this word, you know, unless it's really extreme. I don't argue that anyone should be fired. After the media availability for the Rockies and Jeff Breidich came out with his comments that it was he who put the option into Nolan Arenado's contract, I, I sent out a tweet that said I would be discussing it on the podcast and somebody asked me if I would be defending it because it was indefensible. And I wanted to respond, but I didn't really because things in that area of baseball, I'm sorry, they're not indefensible. There's nothing that Jeff Breidich could say or do in an in-between-the-lines situation when it comes to how he thinks he should build his roster or use his budget that's indefensible. I'm sorry, they're just not. You may not ultimately agree with them. 
I may not ultimately agree with them, but there's going to be an argument for why he did what he did. He's not a crazy person just randomly doing things, and it's worth understanding. So what I wanted to say, but I didn't want to cross up two issues as though I was comparing them. The only things that come across my desk that are indefensible are not strategic baseball things. They're not budgets. They're not player personnel decisions or staff personnel decisions. It's crap like this. The only thing that's really come into my world that I had to cover that was indefensible was the Jose Reyes thing. This Rob Drake tweet is indefensible. There is no defense for a major league umpire threatening American citizens with violence based on anything. I don't care how strongly you believe in it. I don't care which way it goes politically. You have to show more calm, measured judgment than that. Like a teacher or a police, a policeman, a woman, you, part of the job is knowing that there's going to be people screaming in your face, passionate people. Look, everybody in my family is a teacher. And nobody said, I want to teach because I want to break up fights and I want to send kids to the office and I want to tell teenagers to stop being little snots. No, that's the absolute last thing any of them want to do. But it's part of the job. Same thing with being, like I said, in the police, being a major league umpire. A big part of your job is that you're going to get a lot of that. And you have to stand there and take it and be measured and calm because you're the authority member. You don't escalate the issue, but Major League umpires escalate the issue all the time, and this type of attitude is part of the reason why. Not the political side of it, the aggressive, I'm right, I'm in charge side of it. So, yes, Robert Drake should be fired. Beyond that, he's not even a good umpire. As all of you know, we very recently uh, did an expose and, and a, basically an announcement of the Ump Scores app created by our good friend Mark T. Williams. And you can go and check for each one of the umpires, and he is not a good one. He is a two-star umpire out of five. He has a bad call ratio of over 10% which is about 15 bad calls per game. He's ranked 14 out of the 19 on the last crew that he was on. And just for good measure, just so you know, the worst ballpark, uh, the, the ballpark and where, where he is the worst is Coors Field. It's all information that you can get off of the app. He's one of the worst umpires in baseball this year, or he's in the bottom third. And this was the best season of his career. Uh, he's been much worse for each of the last several years. So beyond the fact that he should just be fired for what he said because that's inappropriate and incredibly wrong, he's also just not a good umpire. Like, this is part of the problem with the whole union issue and what we say, what we do around umpires when they mess up. The MLB UA, or Umpires Association, did 
release a statement. And, well, I'll just read it and I'll let you decide. I'll talk about it. I'll read some of it. What, what do we have here? So I said, Rob is a passionate individual and an outstanding umpire. First of all, no, he's not. We, we, we just went over that. He's, he's in the bottom of his class. He chose the wrong way to convey his opinion about our great country. Okay. We are a group of individuals with diverse opinions and beliefs, united in our desire to continue our excellence officiating MLB games. Well, putting aside that we have the data now that shows that they don't have excellence when it comes to officiating MLB games, that they do not use the best umpires in the most important games. They're doing it again in the World Series. They have some of the least qualified umpires, including crew chief Gary Cedarstrom out there, another two-star umpire who should not be behind the dish in the World Series, but there he is. And it's this lack of transparency stuff that should be a much bigger issue, whether it's as serious as somebody threatening potential violence or when they snap back at a manager and tell him, I'm in charge, I'm the one who has to do, or when Laz Diaz or Angel Hernandez comes out from behind the plate, starts pointing at the pitcher. Now, those things are not nearly as serious as threatening to kill people because of a political issue, but they do show that because of the protection like this they get from the union, this was an indefensible thing to say. But the union comes out and says, oh, well, we all have different opinions and we all have you know, different ways of expressing ourselves. His posting does not represent the view of the MLBUA or reflect those of the umpires we represent. But you don't know that. And that kind of backlash, that kind of outlashing at people is exactly the kind of thing that we don't need out of people who can control so much on the baseball diamond. There is an investigation going on right now. I'm not sure what needs to be investigated. Robert Drake has admitted that the tweet was his. Yes, he deleted it shortly thereafter. The MLBUA, again, has sort of apologized. Uh, let me see. Is there an apology? He, they said he chose the wrong way to convey his opinion. But nope, no apology. Just it doesn't reflect our views. But no. No apology in here anywhere. Now, Robert Drake did uh, issue an apology. Here's his statement. So I want to personally apologize to everyone that my words made feel less safe. I especially want to apologize to every person who has been affected by gun violence in our country. I also acknowledge and apologize for the controversy this has brought to Major League Baseball, also my fellow umpires and my family. I never intended to diminish the threat of violence from assault weapons or violence of any kind. He also said, I'm going to learn from this. Once I read what I had tweeted, I realized the violence in those words and have since deleted it. I know that I cannot unsay the words, but please accept my apologies. Sincerely, Rob Drake. And I can, as a human being, accept his apologies and say, all right, fine, it's good that you recognize that that was inappropriate. 
But I don't think you should have people in positions of power and authority whose initial gut reactions are that extreme and violent. I don't understand why there's still an investigation going on. I don't understand what the other shoe is that needs to drop here. Even if, and it sort of, in some ways, goes back to the Roberto Zuna situation, right? There's a players' union. He's worth something to them that they brought up here. He's an outstanding umpire. Well, he's not. He's not. But even if he was, even if he was the best umpire in Major League Baseball, this is inexcusable. You, you cannot have this guy out there in 2020 calling games with every player and every coach and every manager knowing that he has it in him to have this kind of overreaction. And I get we're all human and we all react very strongly and very passionately, especially to politics sometimes. But like I said, it's not even about the politics. It is integral to your ability to be a major league umpire that you show poise and sound, calm judgment, even in, in fact, especially in times where tensions are getting high. And this is just another example of not being able to do that and, and whether you start drawing conclusions about so therefore there should be less and less human influence on the way the game is officiated or just in this one isolated incident uh, something needs to be done here but this shows again the power of the major league baseball umpires association that they could come out and defend this in any way is quite frankly sickening it makes the whole union look bad it suggests that their first goal is not to get the calls right, not to be the best and fairest authority figures that they can, not to make sure that their house is in order. Their first order of business, anytime something comes up that's negative about umpires, is to defend that umpire or that group of umpires. And if they're willing to do it over something like this, no wonder there's been so much dragging of the feet and backlash and anger over things like instant replay and the automated strike zone. And where's the pressure from Major League Baseball? Where's the transparency from Major League Baseball? How is this allowed? And what's crazy to me is that these aren't major scandals when this stuff happens with the umpires. And, and the other thing that apparently is not a major scandal is the fact that baseball has decided to use a different baseball for the postseason. I am so completely beside myself with this stuff. I really wanted to have a fun time enjoying this World Series, and to some degree I have. Um, there have been some well-played games, some individual moments of success, but as the league I love so dearly minimizes the experiences of women across the board, excuses really deeply troubling behavior from the people who are supposed to be the guardians 
of the fairness of the game. And then they undermine their own integrity by using a different baseball in the postseason than they did for the regular season. And I, I've gone from, man, it looks like it might be different to 100% convinced. They dejuiced the baseball for the postseason. How is that not a major scandal? Whoever is responsible for this, there needs to be a trial. <laughs> I mean, an, an open-air trial about the state of the baseball. This is all going on behind closed doors. N nobody wants to just come out and admit what we can all see with our damned eyeballs. If you haven't been following along, remember our friend Morris, Juiced Ball Expo 1 on Twitter. Go check them all out. It's same exit velocity and launch angle, 20 fewer feet of travel. People are talking about different drag on the ball. There was even a report out there that gamblers were tipped off. And if you recall, I was mostly joking around because I don't gamble and I don't think in those terms. But, uh, well, apparently I do think in those terms a little bit because near the end of the season, as it was very clear the Yankees and Astros were going to play each other in a postseason series, which they did, I kept joking, take the over. Take the over, because there's eight home run hitters in each of those lineups, and all you have to do is flick the bat out there to hit a home run these days. And then did you watch that series? How many balls died on the track? The Dodgers. Go back to that Dodgers game. We wouldn't have the Nationals in the World Series right now if the ball was still juiced. Dodgers would have had a walk-off home run the inning before. But it died on the warning track. Can't remember who swung the bat now. Maybe Kike? But it died on the warning track, and, and that ball goes out anytime the rest of the year. They changed a fundamental aspect of the game. Several years ago, I know I've said this before, but they did this in the NBA. They changed the ball. Took a month and a half for enough of a fit to be thrown by all of the players, all of the people in the media. It's changed the game too much. They went back to the old ball. Where is that? This is unacceptable. And, and what I hope is not true is that it does have something to do with the gamblers. Because I said, take the over. That was an easy bet. With the same baseball, Yankees-Astros, but it didn't turn into a slugfest, did it? There were a couple of moments, but they had to get them. Even with those short porches they've got in both of those stadiums, all of a sudden... The ball wasn't flying the way it was during the regular season. And like I said, for, I have to wonder, because I was telling people, take the over. It's an easy bet. Well, they didn't want it to be as easy as a, of a bet. And that report is out there. I really don't know. And that's the whole point. Transparency. This is the issue. If you could make one word the issue of today's podcast, back to Stephanie Epstein, and the Astros, Rob Drake, the Juice Baseballs, Major League Baseball isn't being transparent. Major League Baseball teams aren't being transparent. Love them, hate them for what they actually said. When the Rockies came out and said, ask us every single question you can think of, that's transparency. We're going to sit here and answer every question until you guys are done. And they did. Major League Baseball needs to do that, and they need to do it about these baseballs. They need to answer real 
hard questions because if there is a legitimate difference between the ball in the regular season and now, it poses so many other questions. Okay, which ball are we using next year? Do guys like Kyle Freeland and Tyler Anderson and Wade Davis, who completely lost the ability to throw a cutter, do they have to continue to work on their new solutions for this new baseball? Or can they go back to throwing the way they used to because you've changed the baseball again? It, will it be a third new type of baseball? And now the game isn't about who can execute the fundamentals the best. It's who can figure out what to do with the ball. This is not a good look. Now, it's, it's going to be okay. Let me, let me <laughs> pump the brakes here a little bit. Baseball is going to get through all of this, but it needs to come out better. None of these things can be swept under the rug. As I said, there's more stuff to do with that Astros thing. There need to be real reforms announced. Rob Drake cannot be a major league umpire in 2020. And we need to have a very serious and open conversation about the baseballs and what can be done to normalize the game a bit. Like any other sport. I mean, Tom Brady sat on a football to slightly deflate it a little bit, and that was a major scandal for a year and a half. But the league itself... Deciding, oh yeah, we'll just let them use this other ball that doesn't fly as far in the postseason, completely change the way the game has been played all year. This is, this is a brutal, brutal news cycle for Major League Baseball. And they need to come up with answers to all of it. But enough people... Also have to keep asking the questions. We've got to ratchet up the fire and pressure on these guys to explain what's going on with the baseball. And why is it that the MLB umpires union thinks it's okay to defend this guy? And what else is going to be done about the domestic violence issues as a whole? but also the way the sport is covered. So I'm sorry to, to be a bit of a downer today. These were the topics of conversation. Like I said, we're going to get back to some more fun stuff in the next couple of episodes, some stuff going on around the Rockies and, and moving into the offseason. But Rachel, if you're, if you're still listening in, uh, and everyone else, you know, don't be too discouraged that baseball is in this place right now, but let's all do our part to make it better, to demand that, that these things do get better. It's still a beautiful game. It's still I do still think that most of the people working in Major League Baseball are good people who want to do the right thing. But I also think fans have a difficult time with this bargain as well fans don't want anybody on their team who's accused of or or legitimately has done you know these terrible things the domestic violence situations nobody wants that guy on their team 
And nobody wants to be the person who just complains about umpires all the time. And nobody wants to be the fan who says, well, my guy Kyle Freeland was bad this year because the baseballs were juiced and that wasn't fair. Nobody wants to be that fan. But at some point, we all have to also look at the facts of the case, the truth of the matter. And do you say, well, I'm mad at them because they've got the domestic abuser, but hey, if that domestic abuser helped my team get into the postseason, maybe I'd look the other way. Well, then that's a problem too. The Dodgers have had a lot of issues with the boys' club environment. Some of them are public, some are not. They've had more issues over the last couple of years than I think a lot of people realize in terms of sweeping stuff under the rug where their players treat women very, very poorly, sometimes almost certainly illegally. But they cover it up because there's money and power and there are wins to be had. And in that way, Everyone's protecting their own selves. Players protect players. Umpires protect umpires. The league protects the league. And at some point, somebody just has to come out and say, this is the right thing to do. And we'll all be better for it if we do the right thing. Not the thing that protects our members. Not the thing that protects our pocketbooks. Or the thing we think will most quickly make the scandal go away. The thing that makes it better. Let's let's get around to doing all of those things. All right, thank you everyone for listening in to this very sobering episode of the DNVR Rockies podcast. We are still doing, by the way, our competition. So if you haven't subscribed to DNVR yet, or you have, but you need to renew, or maybe you've been doing month by month and you've been planning on going to the full year or maybe you've done a full year a couple times and you decide hey I want to be a lifetime I want to go to the full thing whatever you've done or if you're a new subscriber you can resubscribe using the promo code drew just d-r-e-w and I would really appreciate it because it would help for me to win a year's supply of Breckenridge brew which would be absolutely awesome it would give us a little bit of bragging rights over the Broncos, Nuggets, and Avalanche. You know, I, it's, they're all in season, and we're off, so we've got a bit of an uphill battle, but I want to be able to show everybody that Rockies fans remain absolutely badass and continue to do it throughout the offseason, too, that y'all can, like I said, either renew your subscriptions or, or get a new one to show everybody that it's not just Broncos, Avs, and Nuggets season, that there's never an off season for talking Rockies. You can also use Patrick's code, Lions, L-Y-O-N-S, if you'd rather support him than me. That's fine as long as you're out there supporting the Rockies. We want to beat those guys. We want to get as many subscriptions in as we can. And I know that the the new Nuggets guys are out in front a bit. They're, they're brand new. They're the shiny new toys. They're doing a good job over there. They're, they're, they're fantastic. I love Adam and Brendan. But uh, I'm going to need your guys' help in order to catch them. They're quite a bit out in front. Uh, haven't been able to get a ton yet in the off season here. So if you've been thinking about it, if you've been thinking about, you know, maybe I'll get around to it. Now is the time you can help us out. Uh, it, it's going to be a lot of fun seeing who ends up winning that competition, but <laughs> I think I can get in there if y'all come through. So thank you so much. Make sure you're following us on all the social media. 
at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons. Of course, at DNVR underscore Rockies. Like, share, and subscribe on Facebook, whatever podcast app you happen to be using. And just make sure you continue to be absolutely awesome. I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark. All right, who's ready to make some money? Everyone. Everyone is ready to make more money. And here is the easiest way you can add a few bucks to the wallet. Denver's newest travel hack is here. Drift shares locally owned cars with incoming travelers at Denver Airport for a better experience than car rental. Skip the chaos to save on the time and the fees when you book. Or you can share your car and earn and park for free while you travel. Plus, there's no under 25 rule, so it's perfect for friends coming to visit. Drift is great if you're going home for break and perfect for extended travel like a semester abroad. Allstate Insurance covers your car every trip, and Drift cleans it inside and out. That's right. Even if your car isn't rented out while you travel, Drift will still clean your car upon your arrival. Get all the info on drivedrift.com. That's drivedrift.com.